John chapter 13, verses 34 to 35. A new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples, if you love one another. Start. Good morning. Welcome to the Central Church of Christ, and welcome to our assembly here. Uh, it's good to see everyone here this morning, and it's always good to, uh, you know, raise uh, everybody's uh, stress levels before a sermon, which is really good. Um, so, my wife Linda and I uh, moved to Winnipeg a year ago uh, with our children, and in fact, we celebrated our first year anniversary of living in Winnipeg on the 13th of August, just this summer. And I'm glad to report that Linda and I have been learning a lot about Manitoba. Yes, in fact, in particular, we've been learning that Manitoba is known all over the world for many interesting things. I'll give you just some examples here uh, to start us off. Let's go up north to Churchill. You guys, you guys have heard of Churchill, Manitoba, and you know that they are famous in the world for polar bears, as we see in the picture there. In fact, Churchill has been dubbed the polar bear capital of the world. Maybe because there's more polar bears there than people. And uh, an interesting fact there as well is people there do not lock their doors, on, on their, their car doors, right? Just in case they encounter a polar bear roaming around for food, they'd look for the nearest car, open it, and lock themselves inside for safety. Interesting. This next one um, is also equally interesting. Manitoba has been named the Slurpee capital of the world for 19 straight years. Slurpee capital. We are the Slurpee capital of, of the world. And if you don't know what a Slurpee is, there's a picture right there. So the recognition for this falls squarely at the doorstep of Winnipeggers. Why? Because the 7-Elevens in Winnipeg serve more Slurpees than anywhere else in the world. In fact, Winnipeggers consume an average of 190,000 Slurpees every month, which is really interesting as well. The last thing that I want to share with you is, you know, down south in Steinbach. Steinbach is known in North America for one particular thing. Do you guys know what it is? Uh -huh. Look at this one. Steinbach is the cleanest city in North America. So for five straight years, Steinbach is the city in North America that's the cleanest, that's the, that's, has, that has the least amount of litter in its surroundings. So let's link this to our lesson this morning. This morning, I want to talk to you about something. The most important thing that we need to be known for in the world. Well, let me rephrase that. I'm going to talk to you today about something that we need to be known for by the world according to Jesus. This lesson this morning is the first lesson in our new series uh, for October and November that we're calling One Another Commands. So for this series, we're going to talk about one another statements in the New Testament that call us to do for one another, to do something for, for, for one another, for each other. And we're going to begin this series today by talking about this particular sermon, Love One Another love one another so we're going to talk about that and learn and be reminded of our call to love one another by asking two questions this morning 
we're going to ask first, what does it mean to love one another? And secondly, what does it look like today to love one another? So let's begin with the first question. What does it mean? In our, uh, we're going to look, look into our uh, text that Alvaro led, read for us. And we're going to focus our attention there for this first question here. John 13, 34, 35. A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this, all will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. So let's look, look into this in, in more detail. Jesus here gives us a commandment. And then it's interesting how he prefaces it by saying, this one is new. It's a new commandment. And we ask the question, how is this new? I mean, the concept of love is not exclusive to the New Testament. We see that in, in, the, in the Old Testament as well. In fact, there's a parallel passage like this in the Old Testament in Leviticus 19, verse 18, where we read, love your neighbor as yourself. And when you see it that way, and you compare it to what Jesus says, which is the new commandment, we see right away why it's new. See, it's, it's similar in that we are to love the people around us, but the standard is different. The standard in the Old Testament is, I love others by how much I love myself. But with Jesus, when he gives us this commandment, he gives us a higher standard by which to love one another. He says, he tells us, we love one another as I have loved you. Now that takes away some of the uncertainties there, because, you know, maybe Chad would love himself different than I would love myself. But in this particular one, we understand that my love for you and your love for me will have to be patterned against the love that Jesus has for us. So the question here now is, how did Jesus love me? How did Jesus love you? How does Jesus love us today? So let's look at uh, a passage in 1 John. 1 John chapter 4, verses 9-11. to by this, the love of God was manifested in us, that God has sent his only begotten son into the world so that we might live through him. Now, in this first verse, in verse 9, we understand that we won't even know what real love is without God sending Jesus to die for us on the cross. Let's start there. And then look at verse 10. This is the important verse that I want us to focus on. In this is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. In this particular verse, we read the kind of love that we need to have for one another. What does it mean to love one another? This is the first thing that I want to share with you this morning. The kind of relentless love that Jesus has for us, that God has for us through Jesus. In this is love, not that we love God. We did not start this. Jesus initiated this. That's the kind of relentless love that I need to have for you, that you need to have for me. The love that doesn't say, well, Chad did this for me, so I'll do this, I'll do this thing for him in turn. It doesn't have to wait until something is done. We initiate this love. And it doesn't have, the other person has to, doesn't have to stop doing something before we say, well, that's it, I'm done. It is a relentless type of love that we have for each other. The one that uh, gives, you know, the, in which God gave his love, gave his son for us. 
which is, why, which is how he loved us so much, so that our sins would be forgiven. And in verse 11 we read, uh, Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. So the first thing that I want to share with you is this. How do we love one another? What does it mean? Well, we need to relentlessly love one another. No strings attached. We need to love one another that way. We need to initiate that love between one another. And the next one uh, makes it even more clearer in 1 John chapter 3, verse 16. This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us. And we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. Lay down our lives for one another. First, our love for each other has to be relentless. And then it has to be sacrificial. Then, Jesus, in our text, uh, rounds it up by saying, By this, all will know that you are my disciples. All will know that you are my disciples. How? Because of the love that we have for one another. Now, I want to share three things with you on this particular verse, verse 35. First is this. How do, you, how do Christians, how do we, uh, how do we make sense uh, in ourselves what we need to identify ourselves as in the world? What makes us Christians in the eyes of the people around us? What is our main identifier? You know, some, sometimes people would say, well, maybe what we call ourselves, our name, the name of our church. Others would say, well, you know what, uh, maybe our doctrine. Yes. Sometimes people say, well, the way we worship, perhaps, is how we're people are going to tell that we're from, 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 from God, that we're followers of Jesus. And yet some others would say, well, you know what, it's, it's the way we reach out to the community. That's, that's, they're they're going to know. I mean, all these things are excellent measures of our Christianity. These are all important things. But today I would like to share with you and encourage all of us to think that these things that I just mentioned, they are not the primary thing that identifies us as Christians. Jesus specifically told us exactly what in our text today. It's our love for one another. The second thing about this is that our love for one another has to be visible. Because this is how people can tell that we are from Jesus. It has to be visible. This is how we know that love is not just a bunch of feelings. Love is based on the things that we decide and deliberately do for one another. It's a decision to love. Especially when the going gets tough. It's sacrificial and relentless. This is how people can tell and recognize those guys, they're definitely followers of Jesus. They are the redeemed ones of Jesus. And the last thing about this is this. When we decide to love one another, we can't help but be the kind of people that will make Jesus known in the world. I'm going to say that again. If we decide to love one another, we cannot help but be the kind of people that will make Jesus known in the world. That's just the way it goes. 
Now, loving one another, what does it mean? It means sacrifice and being relentless with one another in our relationship with one another. That's the kind of love that we need to show. When I was thinking about my PowerPoint presentation, I was looking at like, you know, an appropriate background for, for that, for this particular slide. So I Googled love one another, right? And I, I clicked on images. And most of the pictures that I, show, the, 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 that I saw there, hearts, right? Hearts, um, smiling, laughing, food, there's even food there, even candy, lots of candy, lots of chocolates. I mean, it's good to think about love like that because it is an amazing thing. But at the end of the day, the thing that defines our love for one another is when the going gets tough. When it's really tough to love one another. That's when our love is defined. Because our love for each other has to be sacrificial and relentless. That's why I chose that cross. Because it reminds us of the kind of love that we need to have for one another. The cross tells us about the sacrificial and relentless love that Jesus has for us. And he tells us in this commandment, this is how you need to love one another, the way that I loved you. Relentless and sacrificial. Now, what does that look like in practice? That's the second question that we have. What does it look like? Now, I want to show you a passage here really quickly that will show us exactly what it looks like in practice. You've seen this passage before. 1 Corinthians 13, 4-7. Love is patient, love is kind, and is not jealous. Love does not brag and is not arrogant, does not act unbecomingly. It does not seek its own, is not provoked, does not take into account a wrong suffered, does not rejoice in unrighteousness, but rejoices with the truth, bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. I love this description of love because it doesn't give us a lofty, it doesn't use lofty words to describe it. I love how the Apostle Paul told us that love is a bunch of action words. It's not just feelings. Paul tells us exactly what it looks like in practice. So in this, first, in this first verse, Paul tells us two things that love is. It is patient and it's kind. We understand that. We know that. We've, we've seen that before. It is patient and it's kind. But then after that, Paul gives us eight things that love is not. He says that love is not jealous. It's not proud. It's not arrogant. It is not rude, not rude. It does not seek its own. It's not selfish, right? It is not provoked. You know, sometimes like with our kids, with our wives or partners, with our, uh, with our coworkers, maybe with fellow brothers and sisters in Christ, sometimes they just get under our skin. And it's so easy just to be mad at them. It's just so easy to be angry at them or to maybe to just write them off. But that love that we have in our hearts that come from God, that one is not provoked. It does not take into account a wrong suffered. It's not malicious in that 
it keeps a log on what people have done against me. And I keep coming back to it and say, well, they've done that to me. Now I'm not going to do this for them. Love is not malicious like that. And love is not happy with evil. But it rejoices with the truth. When we see the people that we love do something that's really utterly bad and evil, we don't go, oh, they'll be fine. We run to them and say, you are mistaken. Out of love for them, this is not good. And we show them the truth. Now, in this particular verse, we see four more things that love is. Four more things. Love bears, believes, hopes, and endures. Not just some things, but all things. And I want to spend two more minutes on this particular uh, verse here in verse 7. Because I believe this is the most important thing in this passage. This last verse. We all understand the, you know, verses 4 to 6. But many people, like, you know, I just recently really understood this for myself as I studied it, don't really understand what verse 7 means. But this, I encourage all of us to really understand because this wraps everything up in a tight little bow. Love bears, believes, hopes, and endures. Not just some things, but all things. First, love bears. Love is the kind of thing that we do for others. Let's say, well, I know he's always late. He always does this. But you know what? I'll be more patient with them. Oh, that person is this all the time. But I'm not going to repeat that offense or that error in the company of others, especially when they're not here. That's the kind of love that bears and covers. Now, it believes It doesn't believe a lie, but it believes the best in people. Oh, that person did that. I just hope that they would change. I believe in them. I know that they can do this. In Christ, I know they will be able to do this. Can we do that for one another? And that's the kind of love that hopes all things. It doesn't say, well, they did that, that's it. Our relationship is done. Love hopes all things. It hopes for the best. But we can make it better. We can reconcile. We can do this. It is hopeful love. It is relentless. And it's sacrificial. But then the last one is my favorite. Because it, it makes everything permanent. It makes all of that stuff, you know, permanent in our minds and our hearts. You know, we can bear some things. We can bear, you know, or believe or hope this, you know, during this one bad instance and for this one bad person in our congregation that did something bad, right? We can do that. But second, a second time, a third time, a fourth time, a fifth time endures. Love endures in the way that we are able to bear 
believe, hope, become patient, become kind, and all these things, all the time. Now, is that hard? If we do it on our own, it's hard. But with Jesus, everything is possible. It is possible. Now, what I would like to encourage you to do right now is to make it even personal to each individual, to myself, for yourself. I want you to look at this and take out the words love, the word love and replace it with your name. Can you guys do that? Let's do that, right? I'll replace it with my name, but put it in your name. Okay? J is patient. J is kind and is not jealous. J does not brag and is not arrogant. J does not act unbecomingly. J does not seek my own. J is not provoked. J does not take into account a wrong suffered. J does not rejoice in unrighteousness, but J rejoices with the truth. J bears, believes, hopes, and endures all things. Can we do that for one another? We can. And we will. We already are. The reminder today is to keep enduring, to keep doing it. And when we do, not only the world will know that we are Christians, but we will know for ourselves that we belong to God. First John 4, 7 and 8, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God. And everyone who loves is born of God. That means you're a child of God and knows God. You know our Father. You, we know our Father if we love. But the opposite is, is true if we, if we do not love. He who does not love does not know God. For God is love. Do you know God today? Are you a child of God today? If you do and if you are, then we will love one another. If today you need help, because sometimes it's hard to love, if you need, need help in that regard, please come forward. And if you need to put on Jesus, the epitome of love itself, and you need to put him on in baptism this morning, please come as we uh, sing for the song of invitation.